Good evening. Today is Wednesday, December 29th, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter um, is uh, There is a Solution, step one, and our speaker tonight is Marcella M. Thank you, Marcella M. Take it away. Thank you. Um, this is my first time in this meeting. My name is Marcella. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered. And uh, my uh, abstinence day is uh, February the 22nd of 2011. So um, pretty soon, if everything goes well, I'll be 11 and um, of continuous um, abstinence. I used to be young when I came to OA for the first time. I was 25 uh, when I thought I had joined a OA. Right. I was still living in Mexico City where I was born. And uh, back there and then we um, it was a very it was a wonderful fellowship back there and then we had uh, wonderful parties. We danced and, and we went on field trips and it was just awesome. Uh, we never read the book. We never did the steps. It was just fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And, and we did, for food, we just did um, three times a day, nothing in between, no second servings, all kinds of foods. So I would call myself myself abstinent, but I was eating everything, sugar, flour, chocolate, alcohol. And 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 because that's what we did. And, 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 and I was 25, so it took me one year to get rid of all the excess of weight. And I thought that that was it. And it was, I thought it was grateful. I thought it was wonderful. And then I distinctly remember the day that I lost it. Um, nothing bad was happening in my life, but I just poured. Can I mention food in this meeting? Oh, good. So I was um, drinking orange juice in the morning for breakfast. And can you believe that I couldn't stop? I served, I had a second serving and a third and the whole pitcher. And before I knew it, I was drinking orange juice in between meals. And before you knew it, all my weight was back. And that was the beginning of um, gaining the gaining the weight and losing it inside of OA, it was the most horrific thing ever. I don't wish it on anybody because I thought I was on the road of recovery, but I was just using OA as um, as just to take a little bit air, just when I felt drowning, just to take a little. It was a pattern of using. It was not, I was not in the road of recovery at all. All the contrary, I started using alcohol as a way to control my eating. And then um, when I was like in my early 30s, I discovered amphetamines. And by the end, guys, it was amphetamines, opioids, alcohol, and the chocolate cake. I was 48 years old and I was suicidal. I started having psychotic episodes, but let me tell you the truth and the whole entire truth, because that's why you hired me tonight. I, I, I'm the kind of person that I'd much rather be on the psychiatry ward, all skinny skeletony, than God forbid being fat. I really preferred being completely useless, right? In the psychiatry ward than, than, than having extra weight. And uh, so I was 48 years old when I dragged my suicidal misery to AA. And, 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 you know, I was introduced to the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
And I went through the motions and I knew it was going to work because, you know, I, I, I got very good mentors and, and sponsors in the big book. But I also knew that I was going to gain the weight back. I just knew it. So I thank you, God. I was not drinking. I was not using opioids or amphetamines. But in my first 90 days of sobriety, I gained 60 pounds. Of course, I knew that was going to happen. But this time was different because I said, well, if this book works for heroin addicts, crystal meth addicts, alcoholics of the hopeless variety, why in the world wouldn't it work for chocolate cake? You tell me, or excess of food. So I was eating, but I was, you know, I dropped all the other substances and I had like a little bit of hope. February the 22nd of 2011, I, I, I had what I very much hope was my last binge. I had the cynicism of calling myself abstinent because um, I, was, I was not eating sugar or, um, or flour. And my last binge was you know, with abstinent cookies, guys. It was oatmeal, molasses, unsweetened chocolate chips, you know, a concoction. And, and I just ate so many, so much. Like, it was horrible. It was just a horrific binge. It took me two hours and a half watching a movie. I don't remember the movie, but I distinctively remember how I felt when I, my hand reached the box and there was nothing else. And I realized that I had ingested 24 monster cookies, abstinent cookies, right? And guess what? I didn't feel sober and I didn't feel clean anymore. And that scared the hell out of me. I said, now you're in trouble, Marcella, right? I left the house. I was living in Brighton in those days. And I left the house to one of those crazy gyms that are open 24-7 for college students. And, and I started walking in the, in, the, in the treadmill and I cried. And I said, this is not a life. This is, this is, this, I, this is not, I, this is not AA. This is not the big book. I, like, I completely lost control. So I went to one of my um, friends in AA who was a, a crystal meth addict and a heroin addict. And I begged him, please walk me through the steps of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and I'm, I just, I'm dying with food. And I know theoretically as an alien abstract concept, I understand that I'm using food as you use heroin and crystal meth but something is disconnected, right? He took me through the big book and I finally realized how come people in AA and in NA do not relapse, period. Like it doesn't matter what happens, right? You can feel sad or mad or crazy or be in love or it can be Christmas or Hanukkah or Pesach or your birthday. We just don't drink no matter what. And we study obsessively this book. It doesn't show because of my background. We study obsessively this book because our lives are on the line, right? I just realized that I always thought that compulsive overeater eating was like a teeny little spiritual disease. It was like the cute sister of a big, horrible monster called alcoholism, but it was not that terrible, you know? I always thought that it was just like a teeny little flaw compared to alcoholism and drug addiction. 
And it was not until I finally accepted in my innermost self that the monster spiritual disease of alcoholism is the same, just disguised as a you know harmless cupcake or chocolate cookie, right? It just feels like it's not as terrible, but it is as terrible. What do I mean that it is as terrible? It jeopardizes my destiny. It jeopardizes the vision that God had for me. You know, my destiny, my mission, what I was supposed, the way that I was supposed to be happy, joyous, and free for God, for my generation, for the people around me, that's what's on the line right? I might not overdose on the weekend, you know, I might not physically die. Although I have seen some people die, some diabetics, you know, like, like go on a bench on a holiday or on a long weekend. And then on the morning of Monday, they open the door and they're dead, right? So it might kill, it might kill us, but usually it just kills our quality of life, right? I finally realized that that I was harming everybody around me because I was not fully present. I don't know how it is for you guys, but if I'm not completely, entirely, absolutely abstinent, my body is here, but my mind is saying like, like my husband is playing the guitar, singing a love song to me that he just composed for me. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm fat, I'm hungry, I'm fat, I'm hungry. How much did I eat? What am I, what am I have? What did I have for breakfast? What did I have for dinner? He's alone. He's not, he can't reach me. His love cannot reach me. I am working and my mind is like, I'm fat, I'm hungry, I'm fat, I'm hungry. How much did I eat? How much do I wait? How do I look on Zoom? How, like, what, what did I wait today? What am I going to wear tomorrow? I just, I'm not here. It consumes me. It's just like I'm drowning on my mental obsession of food. That is alcoholism, guys. That's drug addiction. Anyway, so I joined at that point in a vision for you. We didn't call ourselves a vision for you. It, it was a coffee shop. So I started studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with a vision for you. And, and I just took it seriously. I say I cannot in good conscience call myself clean and sober if I'm eating the way that I'm eating. Okay, so let's go to there is a solution and, and, and let's see what we can learn from it. I understand that you have been studying this chapter for the whole week. So I'm just going to grab one idea and let's go there. I'm on page 24. It says on the top of the page 44, 24, at a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, at a certain point of Marcella's eating, right? She passes into the state where the most powerful desire to stop eating compulsively is of absolutely no avail. This tragic situation has already arrived in practically every case, long before it is suspected, in other words, I am way, way worse than I think I am because I'm eating against my will. I'm eating without my permission, okay? So what is the solution? The solution is entire abstinence for the physical allergy, right? That takes care of my allergy of the body. In my case, and I'm not telling you, right, this immediately opens a cultural discussion, but in my particular case, I cannot eat 
sugar, flour, artificial sweeteners, alcohol, and nothing that slightly resembles all of this. In my case, I cannot, you know, make concoctions that look like the real thing because that's like offering um, synthetic heroin to a heroin addict or a non-alcoholic beer to an alcoholic. So I just abstain, right? In my case also, I need a food plan that is way I measure. These days I only measure to tell you the truth. And in my particular case, I need to make, uh, make good friends with the little scale and the big scale, right? I'm, I'm friends with the big scale, tells me what, how, how much I weigh this morning and, and informs me what I'm supposed to eat today because it's been 10, it's been almost 11 years, you know? And as I'm growing older and sometimes my exercise varies, sometimes I need to eat a little less or a little more depending, right? So, um, so that is a solution for, that's entire absolute abstinence for the physical allergy, right? But then it says at the bottom of page 24, when this sort of thinking, thinking, thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, she has probably placed herself beyond human aid. And unless lock up may die or go permanently insane. So what is that kind of thinking where it says, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again, right? Like if I had lost all the weight already and I had been entirely abstinence for a week, two months, a year, two years, how in the world did I get started again? Only to say, well, I'll stop until the sixth drink or, or how I used to say, Come on already, it's December the 29th. It's impossible to start my abstinence today. I'll start on January the 3rd, like everybody does like the plan. I'll start on Monday, right? But now, because I'm studying this book with, with a drug addict, like a drug addict doesn't have the luxury to say, okay, I'll stop using heroin on January the 3rd, right? Like I'll stop using crystal meth on January the 3rd. You might be dead by then, right? The Narcan might not come on time for you. Like, like we don't say that to a drug addict, right? But we easily tell that to ourselves because it's just food. So the second that I fully accepted in my innermost self that, um, that it is extremely radically essential, important for my mission in life and for the God of my understanding, to um, stay abstinent, no matter what, that's when I found my surrender, right? So I frankly don't think that I would be abstinent um, if I just attended meetings of OA. I'm talking just for myself. I am and I ended up being an alcoholic and a drug addict, but um, most of my program, I do it in AA because there I connect with that sense of urgency, right? Um, I connect with the sense of like the imminent tragedy that is going to happen to me if my mind starts saying, oh, come on already. Who do you want to impress? I'm 61 years and a half. I'm happily married. I've been on a healthy body weight forever and ever. What is a little extra food or a little bite of this and that going to do at this point of my life? Right? Five minutes, Marcella. Thank you so much. And that starts sounding really good to me. 
and we call the obsession of the mind. I am going to cheat a little, and I'm going to go to page 181 to read the solution according to Dr. Bob. You know, on page 181, you know how Bill Wilson writes, rarely have we seen a person fail that has thoroughly followed our path. Well, Bill Wilson was not a very good sponsor, guys. He was not a very good sponsor. He like he he tried to sponsor a lot of people, but he didn't connect very well with people. Dr. Bob was the good one. Why? Because he was a surgeon proctologist. Imagine the kind of instant report that a surgeon proctologist can, you know, can can get in just a few minutes, right? So he was the good one. And he sponsored over 5,000 different alcoholics in his 15 years of sobriety. That's one different one every single day of his sober life. In other words, he didn't sponsor people who relapsed, okay? And see what he says in the last paragraph. It says, if you think you are an atheist, an agnostic, or a skeptic, and have any other form of intellectual pride, which keeps you from accepting what is in this book. I feel sorry for you. Is that harsh? I feel sorry for you. If you still think that you're strong enough to beat the game alone, that is your affair. But if you really and truly want to quit eating compulsively for good and all, for good and all, in other words, permanent abstinence with no relapses, we know that we have an answer for you. It never fails. Never, never, not rarely. It never fails. And then it explains how, how, how do we get to never fail? It says, if you go about it with one half of the zeal that you have been in the habit of showing up when you're getting another drunk, another binge, another diet, another, you know, attempt to do this halfway through. So seal to me translates roughly into um, time, money, and effort. So I start my day with program. I finish my day with program. I work a full-time job and I have a side hustle. I'm happily married, thank you God. I have a cat with a clean cat litter. And, um, and I have a good life, a really seriously good life in a healthy body weight. The best of all, guys, I'm not hungry. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat except my beautiful, abundant, good-looking, abstinent meals every day. I know exactly what I had for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner. And food is not the problem anymore. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for keeping me on the loop. If you have never been invited to an open meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, Consider yourself invited. We are an open meeting and we study the big book and the 12 and 12. And consider yourself invited. We meet every single day at 8.30 Eastern time. And I want to put the, the Zoom link here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you guys for inviting me. Thank you so much, Marcella, for a wonderful chair. Um, all right, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute chairs. At the, um, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions to relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. 
If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or press star one if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. Go ahead, Stephanie. Thanks, Roberto. So first we have Kristen H and then Natasha D. Hi, I'm Kristen, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much for that message of depth and weight. Um, I really appreciated your share. And it's funny because um, earlier today, one of my friends and I, we were talking about just this thing about how um, for some people it's easy. Um, for some people, it the seriousness of the compulsive overeating doesn't always get through and we take with some, we can take it lighter than we take other things in our life. And I think for me, I'm, you know, coming back from relapse, multiple relapses and having trouble, um, which I've shared in here before, like staying abstinent. And I am, it's so funny because what you said about starting January 3rd actually went through my mind this week. My mind said, well, maybe just I'll relapse one more time. Like it's in my control how many more times I relapse, but I was like, maybe I'll just relapse one more time and then I'll be done with it January 3rd. Because you're right. My mind is just a couple of cookies and a little bit of ice cream and it, it's not a big deal, but that desire to check out, to have what I want, when I want it, to feel something else besides sober is so powerful. So I really appreciate your share and I thank you for it. Um, the other thing this, I, my sponsor asked me to tell you guys this and I hate her, but I'm going to do it. Um, I just, I'm working my steps and I told her today something that she wants me to share, which is that, um, I've been around these rooms. I've gone through the steps several times and I've only ever made two amends. And, um, I'm really ashamed of that. And so, um, I've had to say it out loud. So, um, thanks. And I hope I don't get kicked off the meeting. So thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Natasha D you're up next. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, oh my gosh, Marcella. Thank you so much. Um, I identify with basically everything that you said. Today is 30 days in the program and 30 days of abstinence for me. And like, I remember my first day of abstinence being, going to my husband and being like, I know everything that I ate today. <laughs> and being like, how did that happen? I have no idea how that happened, but I know every single thing that I ate today. And just being like, I'm just in a lot of gratitude. Um, and um, um, I just do so much better when, and, and I too, I came in from the back doors of, you know, of AA and, um, I just, I just do so much better with like, with, with clear, um, understanding of like what my bottom lines are. Um, and it's hard because I'm a black and white thinker, but though, like having, you know, that abstinence and the bottom lines and the red light foods be black and white has been so vital to me and everything else, like the life is the gray area. Right. Um, so 
just everything that you shared, like <laughs> I almost had like a breakdown on Christmas and I, and thank God for the people in these rooms and thank you, Arlene, for telling me about this meeting. But um, I, you know, I was gonna, uh, like, you know, a nutritionist had said like, well, maybe you should plan on having sugar and then you won't go overboard. And like, thank God I picked up the phone and called people. Um, and I didn't do that. And I was, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll just make like healthy muffins. And then you shared the thing about the like sober cookies. And I just, I just was like sitting here, you're telling my story. Um, because I can binge on anything. It doesn't matter what it is I can binge on broccoli. Um, you know, so, um, I'm just really grateful. Um, and if, uh, you're new, you know, welcome. Um, and, uh, it's working for me one day at a time. Thanks. Thanks, Natasha. Next, we'll have Roger V. Roger, compulsive overeater. Uh, Maricela, thank you so much for your pitch. Um, you, um, I love your animation. I love your stories. It's, uh, you know, 37 years ago, I had to admit to a God of my not understanding to another human being and to myself that I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. I thought everybody stayed up all night and did four grams of cocaine and a bottle of vodka and washed it down with cheesecake. I just thought that was normal, you know? And uh, I, you know, everyone knew except me, you know, as Herb K would say, I didn't know until I knew and I didn't see until I saw, I was the last to know. When, when I told people I was in AA, they were like, what took you so long? I mean, you, you were out of control, moi. And, um, yeah, it just, um, and somewhere, I don't know, 30 years ago or whatever, I'm not sure exactly, I ate not a box, I ate a case of healthy cereal. But, you know, and where it says in the big book, I think it's page 133 or 134, that um, the new man should have some chocolate around for those, um, for an energy boost in those low times or something. Oh, I had chocolate around. In, in early sobriety, I think I gained like 30 pounds. And I, I don't know, cause I can't remember, but I, I'm guessing some nice AA that was duly addicted said, you might want to try OA. And um, I love the Sinatra thing. I did it my way. I wound up in OA. Um, you know, I just, I didn't know until I knew, I didn't see until I saw. And like the doctor's opinion says, you know, um, once I start, I can't stop. And once I stop, I can't stay stopped, you know. I just, I don't buy alcoholic foods. I don't drink near beer. You know, um, this disease is cunning. It, my head will tell me all kinds of crap. I remember I had my wedding ring sized bigger two times. I told myself I was retaining weight, something I heard from my mother. I don't know how many years. Yeah, retaining weight. I was compulsively overeating. It's a bunch of bullshit. And, you know, I just today... Um, as Dr. Nathaniel Brandon says over his therapy office, nobody's coming. I got to work everything out with God and I don't buy food in case you're coming over. If you need my alcoholic foods, you'll have to bring your own alcoholic foods. And um, over Christmas, I had dinner with a friend I hadn't seen in 40 years. I said to him, what's your favorite dessert? And he said, flan. And I had somebody make him a flan and he said, oh man, you, this is really good. You got to taste it. And I just said, I don't eat sugar. And he he dropped it. And, you know, I said, you might as well take it with you. I have no use for it. And it's still sitting in my, in my refrigerator. 
And I gave some away today and the guy ate the whole piece right in front of me. Maybe I get vicarious thrills <laughs> watching normies do what I can't do, but I just, I don't mess with it today. You know, it's like, um, I don't do date sugar. I don't do coconut sugar. I don't do agave syrup. I don't do molasses. I don't do honey. Anything that will take me away from God and take me out. I'm out. I don't want time, it. Time, please. Time. With that, I'm out. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Roger. Um, Victoria W. Hey everybody, I'm Victoria W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, insulin manipulator I'm from Florida. And it's great to be with you all here tonight. Uh, Marcella, thank you so much for your lovely share and, and just stressing the permanent progressiveness and fatality of, of this illness. Um, I, you know, I was talking with somebody today and one thing I love about this chapter is when they talk about the moderate, the moderate drinker, the hard drinker and the real alcoholic. And for me, like my brain always wants to tell me that I'm a hard eater and not a real compulsive overeater because, um, you know, probably at my top weight, I was maybe like 30 pounds overweight. Um, and you know, I have a medical condition, which is the reason that I came into program because it was exacerbated by my compulsive eating. And like, my brain wants to tell me, well, like, that's just because you have this medical condition and like, poor you, like you just, you know, like there's a lot of other people who eat this and they don't have to deal with that. Um, but that's not the truth. So I thought I would just take a second and tell people what I have figured out about that passage that really helps me. I figured out I'm a moderate gambler. I can decide I want to take a hundred dollars and I'm going to gamble this hundred dollars. And when I'm out of a hundred dollars, which I'll tell you, I lose it so fast. It doesn't last very long. Um, but I can say, all right, when this is out, I'm done, you know? And it's like, it, it's like, okay, that was, you know, basically to me, I don't really like it. Cause I'm like, cool. I just decided how much money I want to lose today. But um, you know, I can do that for, this is going to sound weird and there's not a fellowship for this, but I'm a, that I'm aware of, but I'm a hard, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I'm a hard like puzzler, which I've talked to somebody about this before where like, or playing the Sims. Like I only do it when I know I have nothing else to do that day. I cannot do it when I have a deadline. I cannot do a puzzle. Like I can only start a puzzle when I know that I'm have the whole day to do that. I'll say, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. I really have to go to the bathroom, but just 20 more pieces, just 20 more pieces, just 10 more pieces, just 10 more. And then like, I haven't gone to the bathroom for three hours. That's not normal, but I can, if somebody said you can never do a puzzle ever again, or you're going to die, I'd probably, I think that would be fine. You know, like, I don't, I would like to continue doing them, but you know, I get that it's not normal. And most people are like, that's weird. Why do you do that? Right. But like, but I'm a real compulsive overeater, like, like abusing medication to eat more. So that, like to compensate for what you ate so that you can eat more knowing that, you know, people die that way and thinking, well, that probably just happened to them because they were unlucky or I'm smarter than them or, um, I know what I'm doing or, but I really need to like, that's crazy. And even though my mind all the time tells me, I love what was shared about like, well, you know, I'm in, I, you know, to, it, like it's almost been so many, you know, months or years, or it's just a little bit, or what about this version? Or, you know, I really don't want it. So I'm sure I could eat just one. It's like, Fine, please. 
thank you, Robin. I will wrap up, but yeah, it's like, girl, cut it out. Your mind is nuts. And that's, that's the real disease trying to, trying to win. Um, so I just appreciate that emphasis and I will pass. Thank you.